Hi, and welcome to the Parlay Podcast, where we talk about the things we forget to talk about. I'm your host, Brene Smith, and this week we're going to talk about mean girls in the workplace. Now, I'm sure most of you remember the 2004 movie Mean Girls, written by Tina Fey. It was loosely based on a book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, written by Rosin Wiseman. The book hallmarked the social graces and behaviors of teenage girls. Now, mean girls are not just in our high school hallways, but now they're also in our workplaces. They can affect our mental health and occasionally our career progression. We can also call this terrible behavior workplace bullying or creating a hostile or toxic work environment. Of course, bullies come in all kinds of gender identities, but it feels surprising and unexpected when women are cruel. I'm sure there's lots of social conditioning that makes us feel that way, but the fact remains the amount of mean girl behavior seems to be increasing in the workplace. This was by far my most requested topic. I heard stories of someone putting a dead mouse on their desk because they got a job that they wanted. I also heard about two women conspiring to get someone fired and they did. But my friend Hannah's story blew me away. It was so powerful that it had to stand on its own. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to call this episode Mean Girls Part 1, and we're going to circle back later in the season uh, to do another episode so I can bring you some more stories. But right now, let's take a listen to Hannah's story. All right, listeners, I want to welcome to the podcast my friend Hannah. She's going to tell us about her mean girl situation in her family business. Yes. So um, I worked with my mother for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, We owned a law firm together. And uh, my mom actually opened up the business when I was a kid. So I worked there in high school. I worked there in college. I worked there in law school. Wow. But I was officially employed there for the last 10 years. Um, and as you can imagine, things were really sort of difficult when I was, became an attorney, um, because I was still like the little kid in my mom's eyes. Like that family dynamic was a little like, you're still my daughter and I'm still going to have that hat on at work. Absolutely. So like I would make a suggestion like, Hey, maybe we should do it this way. And granted, looking back at the beginning, I was super green and like overconfident. Um, but regardless my mom would be like, who are you to make those suggestions? And I'd be like, I'm like why you jerk, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and then, Ruth. exactly. And then um, we would, like, I'd say, I'm trying to think of, like, a good example. So um, I said, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so busy. Like, I'm crushed at work. And she's like, that's because you procrastinate. You've procrastinated your whole life. You're lazy. That's who you are. I know that. I've known that your whole life. And this is no different. And I would get, like, so mad because, like, maybe I was lazy in high school, but now I'm, like, an adult. Right. Like, it was really tough. I would say the first two or three years I was... Two or three years I was an attorney there were very, very difficult. So she was using home labels to label you at work and to sort of assign that to your personality at work. And most people don't have that, um, 
don't have that insight to their employees. They didn't watch them gr- literally grow up. They didn't give birth to them, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. They didn't get to watch them grow up and watch them change. And sometimes it's really hard for our parents to see us as different. Right. And then here you are in the workplace with your mom as your boss. Right. Exactly. And we had other employees. Um, So these things were being said in front of other employees, not just to me behind closed doors. Um, And then at one point, um, I went up to my mom and I said, like, hey, I'm a lawyer here. And, you know, you told me I could take over one day, but we have nothing in writing. So, like, you might fire me one day. Like, who knows? Sure. Um, And we decided to, like, memorialize our agreement. And that seemed to help a lot of things. And then... She started consulting me more about the business. And also, I think I grew this, like, super thick shell Mm. where I could just, like, let the comments bounce off of me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or not even the comments, but, like, lack of of support. Sure. So, like, if I got a compliment from another attorney or a judge, I would tell my mom. Because she's my mom and my boss. So, like, I feel like from both roles, she'd be very excited. Right. And instead, she'd be like, oh, yeah, people used to tell me that, too. Oh. Yeah. So, do you think there was maybe just a hint of jealousy? I think so. And 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 I, I get it because my mom was a single mom when she raised two kids. That's not, like, the life she signed up for. She never got to have, like, a 20s and 30s that mm. were, like, fun. Yeah. And here I am, you know when I became a lawyer in my 20s like now I'm a lawyer now I have these opportunities and I think like she felt like I didn't really have to earn it like she had to earn it oh and so like everything was being handed to me even though I went to law school even though I paid my own way right even though you know so do you think that she felt that she sort of had to initiate you quote or or haze you a bit or like toughen you up because you didn't have to fight the fights that she fought. I think so. I think she felt like she had to put me in my place. Okay. Because I didn't have to go through whatever, and she was going to remind me all the time that, like, you have it so easy. You take it for granted. Uh-huh. Um, which I get. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I was so accepting of it, because I understand. Right. Because, you know, if I had a one-year-old and a five-year-old as a single parent when I was 30 years old, I mean, I'd... I'd be very resentful too. We divided the firm into the two practice areas that we did, and I did solely the one practice area, and she did solely the other practice area. Okay. Um, and that's how we operated the business the last probably three years, and we have been like wildly successful financially. It was everything's been great, um, but we would sort of like go through a lot of employees, mm. which in a small business is difficult because onboarding takes forever when it costs money exactly yeah and then someone leaves and then it's a nightmare and what have you um so things really escalated probably like in the spring one of our paralegals uh quit and this was after she'd gotten a raise like five days before okay and she said oh i just had an opportunity closer to where i live Uh and do you think there was a overall culture issue i do um uh, my mom can be a very fiery person and mm-hmm. like sort of flip out. Um, and also, you know, I think she was ready to retire, even though her quote retirement plan wasn't her retiring for another five years. Mm-hmm. So she'd only be there, you know, three days a week or, mm-hmm. or whatever, which is fine. But then when things would go wrong because she wasn't there, she would like freak out on everyone. Um, mainly on me. And so... 
that paralegal left. And at that point, I didn't think like, oh, culture issue. I was just like, oh, that sucks. Like, we loved that employee. That's mm-hmm. really unfortunate. And meanwhile, um, an, av- an attorney in my field, maybe on average, they have like 30 active cases, 40 active cases, maybe 50 if they're pretty busy. Mm-hmm. I had over 100 active cases. Wow. And I had no one substituting for me. And my mom refused to fill in for me if I had a conflict. So... It's essentially like I was working on my own Mm. and just super overworked. I didn't have a paralegal and the stress was so much. I was having like real physical um, health issues. Mm -hmm. And so because I was so sick, I was going to the doctor all the time. Um, And And you ended up in the hospital once, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to the doctor constantly and to sort of like add to a stressful situation my um my family physician had passed away unexpectedly a few months before right so then i had the process of finding a new doctor what have you um so you know i missed a fair amount of work because not everyone has evening appointments and i chose not to tell the staff what was going on because i felt like one it's nobody's business Mm -hmm. and two i don't want to put my stress on them like that seems unprofessional in my opinion okay yeah so you know i never said like hey here's x y and z illnesses i'm having i just sort of put on a brave face yes um but like you know everyone can tell i was like in horrible shape because Mm -hmm. i was having depression issues anxiety issues on top of my health issues and on top of a heavy workload exactly okay and then it, it, in the midst of all of this, my father-in-law passed away. So, like, it, it was sort of like a perfect storm, mm-hmm. even outside of any mean girl scenarios going on. Right. Um, and I was just getting worse and worse, and I was so overwhelmed. And, it's, and so you're reaching a tipping point. Exactly. And it came to a head a few months ago. Um, I was on vacation. Well, my mom was on vacation, and I was at work. And I was just so overwhelmed with everything going on. And she called, and I was supposed to leave for vacation the next week. Mm-hmm. My mom called me from her trip and said, Sounds like you're really busy. I think you should cancel your vacation. Oh. Yeah. And I essentially said, I can't cancel my vacation because I'm going to go Unabomber if I can't have a week off work. Uh huh. Um, and which she was very upset. Which you did not do. Yes. Let's 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 state yeah. that for the audience. Yeah. You, uh, no no you violence were, whatsoever. You were going to personally implode. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I was going to self destruct. Yes. Which ha- didn't happen. Okay. Sort of. So uh, she was very upset, but I still went on vacation. While I was on vacation, um, I brought all this work to do with me, which fine. Uh-huh. Um, and I got a call from my mom, and she said our secretary quit. And I said what? And she said, our secretary put in her two weeks notice and there's like no convincing her to stay. And our secretary was our longest serving employee. She'd been there just under five years. Uh-huh. Um, and she was sort of like the backbone of things working smoothly uh-huh. because she'd been there yes. so long. Right. And I just, I had like a complete nervous breakdown. Okay. Um, so I'm on vacation. I stood in the shower for an hour and just cried. And my husband said, you can't keep doing this. Like you're literally disintegrating. You can't do this. It's not sustainable. Exactly. It's not sustainable. So I started looking into other fields I could go into outside of the legal field. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to tell my mom, I wasn't going to take the business over. Okay. At that point I had no plan whatsoever. It was just like, 
hey, I know she wants to retire in five years. I'll tell her now because that's like maximum notice. Absolutely. So um, I, I met my mom at the office on a weekend. I told her how like, you know, I can't take over the business. The stress is too much. I hate having employees, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And she was saying things like, oh, I knew you couldn't handle it. Like, uh-huh. I knew you weren't up for it, which is fine. I understand. And, you know, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And I did mention to her that I applied for a job um, at a local law school, but it wouldn't start for a full year. Yeah. And I only applied because it was like a dream shot in the dark. Right. Um, and I, I'm under the impression she took that as I'm applying for jobs and I'm leaving soon. Mm-hmm. Even though I expressed to her that was not the case at all. Mm-hmm. So she came into work the next day. Um, and again, this is my mother. Mm-hmm. She came into work the next day and said that she was closing the practice area that I do, that part of the business, oh. and that I would have to continue working on the cases I was doing at the time until they were completed, whether I found a new job or not. And I was just all like, all right, like she's stressed and But okay. did that feel like a retaliation? At that point, no. And okay. I think I was still pretty naive mm-hmm. at that stage. So yeah. I just thought, like, you know what? She's trying to figure out what to do with herself. And, like, I did say to her, you know, you decide what happens with the business right. and I'll support you. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, well, that's her decision. And, you know, I get yeah. it. She hates doing the type of law that I practice. So, okay. But what I do hear you saying, and I think this happens in a lot of sort of like bully victim relationships where you're trying to rationalize and almost take responsibility for the behavior of the other person. Like, well, it must be this. Well, it must be that, that they couldn't possibly be doing this mean thing to me just because they're mean. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's part of my nature. Like I just like truly don't think. I mean, there are some bad people, but, like, there has to be some sort of rational explanation. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for good intent. Exactly. Right. Um, and then the next day, she came into the office and said that um, she was selling our office building. She was downsizing. Um, and uh, she, she was saying things that made me think, like, wow, I might only have... Oh, no, she said that I'm going to have to keep working there, but only as long as I'm earning my own salary. And so once she felt that I wasn't doing the work to pay my own salary, she was going to tell me to stop working, which started to freak me out because sure. I thought I had like a year or two or three to figure out what I was right. doing. And, and you and, had like three days. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, so I was getting the impression like maybe six months, maybe three uh-huh. months, what have you. Um, and then I came into work the next day and she said, I was looking at the numbers. I don't think you're going to be able to pay your own salary or earn your own salary Um, after like a month or two. So, you know, you need to figure out like what you're doing, but you have to stay here until you're not earning your salary. Um, and were you in any kind of contract or anything that said um, you had to stay there through those things? Well, we were in a contract saying that like I was going to take over the business and pay her a certain dollar amount and what have you, but there was nothing restricting me from quitting. Okay. I had to give her 30 days notice, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't quitting. Right. So you were sort of being pushed out. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, well, this is strange. So it, it made like a whole nother wave of panic attack because I've never applied for a job in my adult life. Oh. Um, and I always just assumed this is what I was doing with the rest of my life. Right. Like it was, I was, it's a major shock to the system and like a major shift you have to make in your life. Absolutely. And 
Luckily, happily, I had a pre-scheduled therapist appointment or psychiatrist appointment that day. Yes, we love therapists. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, what do I do? You know, I'm freaking out. And he's like, well, can't you just practice law like somewhere else? It's like not as stressful. And I said, no, any firm I join, they're going to work me to death. Mm -hmm. I said, so I don't want to do that. I can't keep doing this. And he said, well, why don't you just work for yourself? And I swear on my life, never occurred. it had never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Like when he said that, I was like, what? I said, no, I can't do that. I can do this thing? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I can't do that. Like, I don't want employees. You know what? Uh-huh. He's like, you don't have to have employees. Like you could just hang a shingle and decide how much work you do. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like I was like, wow, that's eye opening. Yeah. So. I was, so that's what you did. Exactly. <clears throat> Cutting to the end, that is what I did. But I was sort of afraid to tell my mom that that might be something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And my psychiatrist also said, you know, you and your mom have a very symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that if you're going to start your own thing, you don't ask her how to do it. You don't consult with her on what she thinks. You just right. have to do what you think is best. Yeah. So I brought it up to our accountant. I said, hey, like, you know, if I leave the business and then, like, my clients come with me, then maybe my mom won't have to pay me the equity she owes me in the business. Because I had already been buying equity into the business. We were partners at the firm. Um, And he was like, oh, yeah, that's real common. That could be great. He brought it up to my mom, and she called me into her office, and she's like, this is great. You can take all these cases I hate. And, you know, then I don't have to give you this equity payment and this is perfect and blah, blah, blah. Uh Meanwhile, this was all in the same day. And so I said, like, I need to talk to my husband. I need to think about it. I'm just throwing out ideas. We're not making decisions. Exactly. And she's like, well, you need to let me know immediately. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So long story short, I told her that's what I was going to do. And then um, this was, this was like the first first or second week of August Um, and we decided that my uh, departure date was going to be October 6th we sent out letters to the clients saying that so on and so forth then my mom so legal rules of ethics you have to notify the clients in a certain way if you're leaving okay you have to send correspondence and the rules of ethics prefer that the leaving attorney and the staying attorney send a joint letter Mm -hmm. so i typed up a joint letter saying where i was going which again it's in the rules of ethics i'm supposed to do that apparently my mom hadn't read the rules of ethics and instead read my letter and assumed that i was advertising on her letterhead oh dear so she had a meltdown and she wrote me a letter telling like a cease and desist essentially so oh. she wrote me a letter saying that i was getting no equity in the business that um my departure date had been moved up to august 30th that if anyone had any outstanding credits with the office and they stayed my client i was to honor their credits but she would not give me the money that we had in our account that belonged to them um and that I had to pay the postage for those letters because I advertised on her letterhead. So I consulted with an employment attorney because, you know. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah, at it's, that point. It's you... getting sort of serious. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I still have a month that I can bill against this stuff, then, like, who cares if I don't get the money out of the bank account? Because I can sure. 
you know, build that down in the meantime. And so we reached an agreement I would leave August 30th, fine. Well, in the meantime, spoiler alert, starting a law firm in 30 days is sort of a challenge. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had to like find office space, get office furniture, get my mm-hmm. malpractice insurance, like right. come up with a name, yes. come up with a logo. Um, and we're sort of moving along and it things just kept deteriorating at work to yeah. the point where my mom would say to me in front of other employees, like, you know, you're not going to be able to handle this, right? Wow. Like, you know that this isn't like, you're uh-huh. not going to be able to do this. And I would just ignore her and she'd say, so how are you going to handle this if you can't handle it now? Wow. And I said, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Like, that's my problem. And she said, don't get a fucking attitude with me, Missy. Oh, in front of in front employees. Of, in front of employees. <laughs> yeah. So, so we've got some really toxic environmental behavior, even on your departure. Right. And we've Absolutely. got some, um, you know, you've already got employees leaving. So we've got a culture problem. And this, that, and the other. So cut to, you You started your own practice. Yes. It's up and running. What is your relationship like with your mother now? Well, before I left, she actually ended up firing me. So my last day was not August 30th. Wow. She fired me via text message. Um, That's worse than a post-it. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's my mom. And it's your mom. Um, so she fired me via text message. So I actually opened up my firm um, August 15th, and it was supposed to originally be October 9th. Okay. But I got my stuff together, got it. Um, And then after I opened the firm, um, my mom said to my face that I took advantage of her, I stole from her, that she, that I took all the knowledge she ever gave me and used it against her, and that she was no longer speaking to me. And that I was not to have any contact with her. I was never to talk about business with her. If I ever had a question, don't ask her for help. Wow. That whole thing. So so sorry. I went from working with my mom, talking to her every single day, to literally having no contact. And that's where you are today? Um, We had our first contact last weekend. So a month we went without talking. A whole month, okay. Yeah. And even then when we sort of like reckon, reconciled, I'm air quoting for podcast listeners. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was less of a reconciliation and more of our family was getting really upset with her because mm-hmm. she wasn't inviting me to family dinners. Wow. She said I wasn't welcome at holidays. So she was getting a lot of pushback from our family. Right, rightfully so. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So she said to me, you know, Oh, I miss you in my life. Whatever, like nice things. Uh-huh. The right um, things. Exactly. Uh-huh. But then she followed it quickly with, but I know you stole from me. I'll never forgive you. You know, oh. this is awful what you did to me. So, I mean, I I actually told her a story about how when I opened my own firm, a filing cabinet collapsed on me. Uh-huh. One of those giant lateral filing cabinets. And I was yeah. telling her it was like a funny story. Yeah. And she said, well, serves you right. <gasps> Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I can't, my brain can't quite, <laughs> yeah. can't quite, okay. So, so in, in theory we're talking, but we have not spoken since our There's still some summit tension. Yes. last weekend. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. So there's still some tension, lots of tension. Wow, that is, my, my mind is blown. Like that is such an intense story of workplace bullying and mean girl bullying and things like that. So I just want to wrap up and I want to ask you like, if you could, one, if you could go back, is there anything 
you would have done differently or would have liked to have done differently, you know, whether, you know, standing up for yourself or sooner or is there anything that you would have done differently in the situation? If, if you could, like best case scenario, if you could have gone back and done anything differently that was in with your, within your power. Right. You know, I don't know that I would have done anything differently because I think everything had to happen the way that it did for me to gain my confidence, for me to uh-huh. feel as independent as I feel for me to know that I made the right decision. Yes. I think if things would, if I would have left and things were rosy and hunky dory, I might've been like, Oh, maybe I should have stayed. But, but because it was so poisonous, because it was so toxic, it's so easy for me now to be like, I totally did the right thing. I can make less money, still did the right thing. Sometimes you got to get uncomfortable to get moving. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't, I actually don't think I would do anything different. Okay. Do you have any advice for someone who might be going through something similar, especially in that family space? Well, as always, I would recommend going to therapy. That's the best thing in the world. Love. Um, But also like you just said, you have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable Mm -hmm. and I'm lucky that I have a huge support system in my life especially my husband who made me feel like I could I could do whatever I wanted to do I didn't have to depend on this and you didn't have to ask permission exactly yeah um but you know just try to think like if a stranger was treating you this way, would it be okay? Or if a significant other was treating you this way, would it be okay? Mm -hmm. That a paycheck doesn't define the way someone treats you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Peace of mind has a dollar amount. Oh, majorly. Say that again. Peace of mind has a dollar amount. It does. I tell my clients that every day and I've never applied it to my own life until now. So I love, I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Yep. All right, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I said it was going to be big, right? Were you stunned? Was your mind blown? Because I, I still can't get over it. L- re-listening to it, I I don't know how, she, how Hannah got through all that, but I'm so glad that she did. I'm so glad that she's on her own path and finding success. The thing that really struck me about Hannah's mean girl situation is that it seemed like her mom was wrapping up her behavior and her, her bullying, right, as love and work style. Some of the worst workplace bullying can be wrapped up in the guise of friendship and good advice. So be aware, pay attention to the things that people are saying to you. If you leave a conversation feeling poorly and someone always has a correction for you, you might be in a bullying relationship and that can be, that can start to be abusive eventually. So what can you do if you think you're experiencing mean girl behavior at work or any kind of workplace bullying? So the first thing I'm gonna say is that you need to take care of yourself. Make sure that you have your support system in place. If you need to seek therapy around this, please do so. You know, most, if you work for a major corporation, you might have an employee assistance program where you can get some free sessions. Get your support system in place so that you can start to build yourself up again. Because when we're torn down, it can be, it can spiral into negative self-talk. The next thing I'm going to say is that I want you to start to document that behavior with like dates and times so that if you ever have to go to the next step and bring it to someone's attention at work, a manager, uh, that you have it all written down and that you have your, you know, your evidence ready to go. Uh, If you're able to, I would say confront 
your bully. Um, sometimes if we just make a stand, you know, much like we, our parents told us as kids, if we just make a stand and we use a strong statement, like if you say something like, we're going to respect each other in this workplace. When we talk to each other, it's really important to me that we use respectful words, right? Like if, we, if you really just stand your ground and say, this is how we're going to interact, people sometimes need to be taught how to treat you. Again, if so if you've confronted the bully and it's still happening, or you're still noticing that negative behavior, you should be taking it to your superiors, to your managers, your directors, and activating them to help you thwart this, this situation. If your manager fails to do what they need to do, you might need to go to uh, your HR department, your HR business partner and say, hey, this thing is happening to me. It's, you know, it's feeling like retaliation or it's feeling like they're trying to cause me injury in my career. I need some protection. I need some help. I need some insight. Now, and if you don't feel comfortable with your HR people, your business might have a hotline. So just start to look for those those resources on your HR website pages, you know, in your intranets or talk to your HR people, say, what are my options? Who can I talk to? Um, even if you don't feel like you're getting the result you need from them. And then finally, if you really have to, if it really gets bad, you can do like Hannah did and seek an employment lawyer. They know all the labor laws. They know all the things that should be happening. They know that harassment is illegal and that you can't, you know, those sorts of things shouldn't be happening to you. And if they're happening on a regular basis, there may be some legal action that you can take, but you must self-advocate. There is no point in sitting in a toxic situation for months or years on end just to make a paycheck. You're worth more than just a dollar amount. Your well-being is worth more than just a dollar amount and you have to self-advocate. Again, you may have to teach people how to treat you. Well, that was a hell of an episode, wasn't it? I am so thankful that Hannah shared her story with us. I thought she said some really important things, gave us some good things to consider. I am working on our next topic. I have a couple bees in my bonnet, as they say, buzzing around. I'm not quite sure what we're going to do yet, but I'm interested in hearing from you. If there's a topic that you want to hear me talk about, if there's something that you heard today that activated another story for you for Mean Girls Part 2, I want to hear from you. Please email me or send me a voice memo at parleypodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep talking about it.